Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. Woo-hoo. I'm Ronnie. Medium-sized Mike's back. How you doing? Carl's back. Hey, hey, hey. Silent Ron's back. Hello. Good Mike is back. Hello. And Brother Bob's back. <laughs> I called you Good Mike again just for Tisha, by the yes. way. So when she hears it, she'll know. Mike, medium-sized Mike, will you read our Bible verse for us this week? Absolutely. It's going to be Acts 4, verses 23 through 25, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? Our topic this week is get used to different or boldness, whichever way you want to go. Starting out, I think, on the main topic, I guess, the getting used to different Hmm. is pretty much like getting used to having a different opinion than the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world right now doesn't follow God. I don't want to say all the whole world, but I would say... My guesstimate, and I'm not a professor, I just play one on a podcast, um, (laughs) is probably over 70%, if not more. So, everything you do, everything you try to do to get closer to God is going to be different, looked at different than what everybody else calls the norm. And the hush follows the crowd. Well, I just I feel like it's really significant because I don't know of anybody that was kind of already following people that are going that are with Christ. They're living their lives day by day with people who are following Christ to then realize one day, oh, I should do this too. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a conglomerate group of. It's most times, like I think all of our stories is, it took it took something. It took something for us to decide we have to stop this. We have to stop this, this whether it's a, a treadmill, whether it's a, you know, a hamster wheel of life. Whatever we're doing, we have to stop what we're doing on our own and realize that God's the only one who can fix us. Because obviously we haven't done it on our own. We haven't been able to. We've maybe attempted to, and it's just led us into another bad situation. But we have to rely on God. So I think that, like you said, with looking at it differently than the rest of the world, it's also, and I think that's why to me it's so significant that when we're reborn in Christ, our life is reborn. Because I would say, I think I know 
of a, only a couple of people that keep all of the same people in their lives after they've decided to follow Christ and give them their heart. And there's a problem there because obviously you, you haven't lived your life that way. Mm-hmm. You haven't, again, it hasn't worked out for you because you've been reliant on yourself. And we've talked about before, most of us walk around with a God hole and we don't even realize what it is, but we're just trying to fill it with anything and everything. And that can lead to the addiction that could lead to, um, you know, just so many different things that we're not realizing what we're even doing until we find God and then realize this is, and to be cheesy about it, this is what completes me. This is what I've been searching for all of these years all of my life is to have this because this is the creator. This is the one that I've meant to be following my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I think that your life changing is so paramount because it's so difficult, I think, to stay around those same people to try to change all of them. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're already in their ways. They're set in their ways so hard that, something hasn't happened to them or to someone they love significant enough to change that life, to make that turn to where it's like, this is not working. I'm walking around like a dead man walking or dead woman walking because of my choices and what I've done with my life that you have to make that turn. Otherwise, you know, you're going to end up in hell literally, you know? And and I mean, it, it, so that is, is so, like I said, just so significant to me in the fact of how it, that life is so, so changed. And then we talked about what is so new and so, you know, it's, you kind of have to, you have to start all over no matter how educated you are at that point in anything you realize it's of this world. Yeah. And so you're like an infant again, learning how to walk because you have to relearn what you relied on your whole life up to whatever point that is. You know, some people it's 15 years old and that's great and that's wonderful. I, I you know, I, I pray my life was like that, but it wasn't. I mean, I was sat in the church pew for almost 20 years and it took me to, you know, to 45, 45, 44, 45 before I realized I truly got the, the, don't ever get me wrong, not the premise of everything, but got the fact of this is what I have to do. Right to live what I've been hearing about this whole time. Right. You know, so... And it's not just, like, that moment. We keep we talk about that moment right. for, for whatever that moment is for us, for whoever. It's the about face, the, re, the repentance, the right. different, mm-hmm. the boldness to turn around and go the other way. Mm-hmm. You're right, Ronnie. I just recently read something. I want to listen to it because, as you all know, I have a reading disability. But I was listening to something, and, it, and it's funny you bring that up, Mike. It says, why do humans want to blend in when God made us to stick out, yep. to be perfect? You know, uh, Not perfect, but to stick out to be different. We don't use the same filters that the world uses to judge what's right and wrong. And that really hit me. It got me thinking, well, if, I, if I'm doing this, it's okay. You know, maybe Joe next door says, he does it, it's fine. But what does God say about that? We're not trained to think like that. Mm-hmm. We're trained to think, watch TV, go out, go to college, get rich, buy a big house, big car, big family, whatever you want to do. Live your life, go on. Right. We are not taught to turn to the Creator and go, 
all this is from you and I just didn't know it. So for me, being bold and focusing on that and trying to run everything through that filter is what I, I when you say different, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Because boldness, I really never have a problem with being bold. It's just different is, I think, a great way to term it. Holiness is a biblical concept that yeah. we're, we're striking at, being set apart for him, which means being set apart according to his standard and what you're talking about, his filter. The problem I see too often is, like I kind of expressed to you guys earlier, the uh, thought that didn't really hit me, you know, if it weren't for the if it weren't for the buildings and the t-shirts, how would the world recognize a Christian from a non-Christian? That's right. basically yeah. what I read, yeah. The problem is we don't let we, we too often don't let the, the Father come in and transform us. We invite the Father in and then we expect Him to mold Himself to our worldliness. Right. The things that we want to do and the, the way that we want to continue living. You know, the practices that we want to continue to engage in, he says, don't. You know, we don't let him change us, and that's what holiness means. It means to stand out. Right. Because you're right, my, you know, boldness and being different are two different, or they're two different things. Right. You know, being, right. being made holy or sanctified is, is being purged of that worldliness and uncleanness and sin. Boldness is standing up for it. Right. And those are two different things, and the boldness has to come after the holiness. Because if you're bold before you're made holy, you're standing up for the wrong thing. Exactly, because... That's where your pride will step in, because if you're like you said, if you're bold before you come holy, you're already so prideful that you don't think there's anything wrong with you anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Back to what you was talking about, you said you, you you know friends that are people that are still hanging with the same crowd after they they've given their life to Jesus. You know, he takes us out of them situations for a reason. Yep. You know, we got to change that mindset. When he when he says, "Hey, it's time for you to leave and get away from them people," you know, Grant, he may send you back to them people, but it's going to be after he has sharpened you. Sharpened you, yes. Yeah. There you go. Equipped you with Equipped what you needed you to go back. Needs. But but almost ninety nine percent of the time, and he knows this because he factors all this stuff in. Right. He knows. That if we go back around them old people, we're going to fail. Because we slide back into the old nature of doing what they're doing. Because we was there one time doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's like an alcoholic. You don't send an alcoholic to the bar to try to get somebody to come out of the bar. What's he going to do? He going to join them. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't send a drug, you don't send a drug addict to a, to a drug house be like, hey, I'm going to shut you down. He'd be using the stuff. Right. I mean, it's a simple thing, simple fact. I mean, you know, you just gotta, like Carl said, you gotta get the holiness before you can have the boldness. Mm-hmm. I think of Daniel. I was reading the book of Daniel again today, chapters one through five or six. I can't remember where I stopped, but you know, for a guy to stand up to, to Nebuchadnezzar, he, he was you know exiled there to Babylon, and rise up through the ranks, and he never once wavered what he believed in God in the face of his own death and multiple times, you know, the fire and the den. Mm-hmm. The guy, I mean, now that's that's boldness right there. Right, and that's yeah. the boldness we should have because we shouldn't care what the world thinks about us. Right. We shouldn't care what the world's going to do to us. For a simple fact is, you fear the one that can, that can kill the body and soul, not the one that can just kill the body. But right. I don't think we're not programmed that way, Bob. We're not programmed that way, but that's where your mindset's supposed to change when you give your life to, when you give your life to Christ. 
your mindset's got to change. I agree. If, your mind, if you don't get your mindset changed, your heart's not going to change. Because yep. it's got to start here and then come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you referenced repentance. And in Greek, it's you know, since you mentioned that, it's metinueho in Greek, and it's like a threefold process when it implies. Because there's different words in Greek for repent. But when it's talking about the full repentance that leads to salvation, it's metinueho. And it, it, it starts with a genuine regret. Right, so that's in your head. You yes. genuinely regret what you've done, mm-hmm. which leads to a change of heart. Right, so you move the regret down from your head into your heart that you want to do different, and it leads to an actual change of action. Yes, so striving to actually change your actions—that's the repentance that leads to salvation. Just mm-hmm. crying over your sin isn't enough. It's got to go beyond that. It's got to be changed. It's got to be more than just crying because you got caught. Because I think right. too often what we, what, what our version of repentance is, oh God caught me. Now he's convicting me, and I'm upset that he caught me. It's not really that we're, we're regretful of what we did to hurt him, and we genuinely want to change our behavior. Until right. that mindset changes, mm-hmm. we're never going to be led on that path of holiness. And again, our boldness is going to lead us astray, or lead yeah. others around us astray, I should say. Yes. Well, that was something early on in, in, in our church that was so, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, it had a big impact on me. It was our, when our preacher would say, you know, if you think about the people that are on their lowest, that are in addiction, that are in um, in their sin and everything else, and you want to act like you're holier than thou, just remember the only reason you're not there now is because you probably didn't get caught. Mm-hmm. That's it. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and I always go back to that. And I always, anytime, whether you, you, you see somebody, you know, kind of reverting back or whatever and wanting to help them and wanting to, you know, do whatever you can for them, I think I revert to that to, to be like, to make sure I'm doing it with the right heart. Right. You know, and it's not just a, oh, look at me, look at what I'm doing. It's a, no, I want a genuine change in their life because I want them to see and feel the way I do about Christ right. and the things that he's done in my life. And, you know, it's like Ron's talked about before, you know, you, you want to pull all of these people that you care about into it um, and, and everything. And it's, it's, again, making sure that that heart's right and making sure that it's the it's the real deal is really all I can say. The, the reason that you're doing it and it's nothing, you know, it's nothing, I, I want to say personal, but you know what I mean? It's like nothing Yeah. to say, oh, look at me or right. look, wait, look, you, look at all look the people. At the, here, let me give you, I brought to Christ. I know you yeah. don't have a home, but let, let, let me show you and take a picture giving you a bottle of water. Yeah. It's nothing like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very humble and stuff like that because... We have to be humble because anything and everything that we have is through Him. You know the the delusion of of that is, of getting caught, and we're like, oh, you know, we're like, oh God, please forgive us. Why even do that? Because He knows, right? I mean, you know, yeah. Who? I, it right. blows my mind that people yeah. would would think that. You know that. Oh, if I get caught, I can just say I'm sorry, but. He already knows. Mm-hmm. He knows yeah. every action we're going to do before we even do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so there's there's no getting caught. You've already been caught. You just didn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you watched you do it. Yeah, you right. watched you do it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it just, I don't know. It just blows my mind that people think that they can just beg God for forgiveness and he's going to He's gonna be that genie and Bobby like, okay, you're, you're good now. Yeah. Go on about your way. You can do your life how you want. Right. Yeah. As Carl said it before, too, you know, it's it, it, when you repent, you're not asking for the forgiveness just so I can do it again. Right. It's a, we're changing the way, or like you talked about, you're making that turnaround. 
Mm-hmm. You're making sure, or you're you know, you're doing it with the correct heart to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So. When you when you repent of the of the sin and you know it's the sin, you try to stay away from that. Right. Because God already knows that there's going to be more sin put on us. Mm-hmm. That's why He forgets it. We should forget it, and we should try to strive to stay away from. It. Yeah. That's why I know it's a little off topic, but that's why I think it's so important to start with that Psalm 51 prayer. Because David had it right. He understood that, you know, he would never truly regret what he did until God gave him a clean heart. Created me a clean heart, oh God. That's what he prayed. Because he understood that the first thing that needed to happen was God needed to take the desire to sin away. He needed he needed to give him a heart that hated his own sin for the right reasons. So that he would have a heart that was capable of even repenting. Because repentance is a gift. It's not something that we can formulate in and of ourselves. It's something that he has to give us, and it has to start with that genuine desire to be repentant mm-hmm. so that he can give us that gift to lay that path before us like David did. It's got to start there. Got to, right? yes. Sorry. I think um, another way when you first... Uh, put it out there about get used to different um, was that struck me was um, just in my life how I wanted to live my life differently when I really started following Christ yeah and, and I don't think I understood it not that I don't think when I did the about face that it was going to be all rainbows and unicorns. Right. But I didn't know how bad against the grain it could get. Mm-hmm. Right? Until you're actually being the hands and feet and in the ditches. Mm-hmm. And then you stop for a second and then everybody else is going down the left side of a two-way street and you and a couple other people that you see I'm not saying that just but a lot of other people are on the left side of the street and you're on the right side going the other way and it's disheartening sometimes like so much empathy that like when I was on the left side of the street, I didn't feel or see or didn't want to take the time to see. Because yeah. your heart had changed it, right? Yeah, right. Right. You know, I, I think about that all the time. I was telling Bob today, I had to stop in there and take care of a little inspection problem for the vehicle, but I, I asked him, I said, Bob, what do you do when you feel like there's people out there you want to reach but you can't reach and, and you want them to come where you're at? How do you do that? Be patient. Patience is is a true virtue. I never understood that when I was a kid. My parents would say, patience is a virtue. Did you understand it when... You said you didn't understand it when you were a kid. Did you understand it when you were a father? Uh, (laughs) You learn pretty quickly what patience are. I'm just saying, once you experience the love and peace of God, Jesus, and what what he is, what he can do for you, you almost want to put a shirt on and run down the street and say, look, come on over here. This is where you want to be. Right. It's like being on a winning football team going down there, you know, in a parade. Here we are. Come on. Let's go. But I, I don't, how do you get that out there? How do you convey that to people? And how do you keep that fire alive? Change is different. 
and different. Be, be different. It's okay to be. I mean, in our society, you can be a freak all you want. You know, long hair, no hair, piercings, no piercings, tattoos, no tattoos, whatever. It's all acceptable. But Lord help you if you go out there and start handing your Bible up in the air and tell them about the good Lord. Now you're a major freak, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to be around you. Mm-hmm. That's that's Christians really take it on, on the nose. I mean, it's just it's tough. Sad part is, is uh, sometimes it's other Christians that's saying that about you because they're like, "Oh, I wouldn't do that. There's no way I'd run down the street trying to tell people about Jesus." Well, you know what? We're commanded to. Exactly, but they're not. Uh, they need to step back, check their hearts. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Honestly, that was the biggest thing that hit me when I saw the when you brought the topic up and what really was laid on me all week was how we treat each other. Oh, you know, very. Most often, when I see somebody like my, myself or my wife get treated like absolute garbage by somebody, it's, mm-hmm. it's a churchgoer. Yeah. It's, it's not an atheist. It's, it's usually not a Buddhist. It's, it's somebody that goes to church every Sunday. Sometimes they're church leaders. You know what I mean? And those are the ones that, that treat each other just awful. And the one thing that should really, what's the one thing that Jesus said should really separate us from the world? There's a lot of things that should separate us, but what should we be known by? Our love for each other, yeah. mm-hmm. specifically for each other. That's what he says. You should be known for your by your love for one another, and that's not what we're known for anymore. We're, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've I've heard tell me that they won't do business with somebody in their church because they know that there's a good chance they'll get cheated. Really? You know? I, yes, I've heard that multiple times from multiple people, and, and it shouldn't be like that. We should be known for being more loving toward one another. In a way that's just almost supernatural, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're not. Nope. Unfortunately, we're not. You know, the saying holds up, professed by mouth but not by action, huh? That's just yeah. That's... And I'm guilty. I, I don't, I don't, mind, I don't want anybody to listen to this thinking, oh, listen to this self-righteous clown. <laughs> no, I've been guilty clown? too. I've been very guilty of this, and it bothers me. I think that's why it bothers me because I see myself in it. And it shouldn't be like. And sometimes it's so easy to get sucked into doing it that it just, you know, just kind of like comes natural. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Huh? But well, I think part of it, like Mike was saying, is you get so ingrained on what you are taught. As far as like even even in churches, and we've gone through this before too, is you know, and everybody wants their. I don't even want to say their doctrine, but like their religion. And what that religion or certain sect believes in to be right above all, there's not even time for a conversation. There's not even, there doesn't seem to be a time anymore for the church to come together to talk about, okay, what are we arguing about? Is anything that we're arguing about, is it is it spiritual? Is it in, about the Bible? Are we having discussions about what's different in your Bible, you know, or, or, or your belief as opposed to what your religion believes you know because that's not biblical you know if you get into a lot of that stuff with the different denominations and things like that there's stuff that's written outside of the lines or you know or in their little books that that's how they're they run and what they believe and stuff like that but it's not biblical but nobody wants to sit down and just have a conversation it's just about you're wrong yeah this is right because this is what i've learned and known my whole life you're right because there's a famous oh I guess it was a study done by 
psychiatrists that uh, people on their belief systems and you believe something because somebody that you believe in told you that's the way it is. So when you're going up against that, you're going up against somebody's belief systems, it's pretty tough, even if you are right, to show them. And that's, when it comes back to me, that's, I can't show them. I can't show them. I can point them, but I can't show them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where the faith's got to come in. That's where your heart's got to change. Because right. people believe what they want to believe because they were taught by somebody they believed in. And obviously they were taught by somebody they believed in. It's just a chain reaction. You gotta break that chain reaction. Get to the right person and go forward from there. It's it's the tradition. You gotta break it's, the it is. the tradition, right? right? <clears throat> like, and, and to start that conversation, you have to be gentle about it mm-hmm. as well, because we're all fickle, mm-hmm. right? Like all of us, me included. Like, so you gotta come from a place for love and curiosity. And be on the offense, kind of, and not on the defense as you open that door or try to open that door in conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I, I always use the example. Me praying with my hat on. Right? There's, like, tons of people hitting their steering wheel listening to that when I said that. <laughs> right? But think about it. But if you just but if you just stop and think about it, like is God? I'm praying with my with my hat on. Is God going to be like ah? Sorry, can't can't. No 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 no. I'm not listening to you because you got your hat on. Right. But somewhere down the line, somebody said to somebody, "You can't pray with your hat on." Now, what I'm talking about. Now, is it respect for the building? For the church itself, right? Okay, then we can have a t- discussion about it. Right. But you can't tell me that I cannot pray with my hat on. Mm-hmm. Like, that sentence right there doesn't add up. No. Right. Now, if you want to be not angry, angry is the wrong word, right? If you want to be frustrated with me because I didn't take my hat off in the building, then okay. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me that. God's not listening to me because I don't. I have a hat on while I'm praying. Right. I don't think I've ever read it. Show me where it says, "Thou shalt not wear a hat while praying." I think I don't think it's in the Bible. I don't think so. I've never yeah, seen it. I think it was. Well, it's not in the Gospel of Ronnie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Again, it's it's, it's, it's that. Now it's a gospel. And I would okay. tell you. No, I just say it. The book. Jesus, whatever. Jesus tells us how we should pray. You know? Well, yeah. And he doesn't say nothing about having a hat on or not having a hat. Doesn't even say nothing about having clothes on. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do a butt naked right there in the church? Have at. Oops, you, guys just better, you guys just better be lucky I have my hat on. Let's start that off, will you? Yeah. No, I'm not going to be interesting. I mean, I'm just saying everybody else can do it. But I'm just saying I'm using that as, as the example of. Exactly. It's tradition. It is. Not biblical. Yeah, right. It is. But I'm like you, yes. Now. Being in the building, if somebody said, you know, well, why didn't you do it because you was in the building? You right. Know? That's, that's a, whole, a whole, whole different story. A yeah, whole different conversation. A whole different conversation. Yeah. But again, Bob, that's, I agree with you, but that's cultural. It is. It women is Women can go into church on Easter Sunday, any Sunday, 
and wear a hat throughout the entire service, That's and true. nobody will say a word to him. Yep. You ain't gonna tell that little old lady to take her hat. Off. <laughs> no. So my point. She is, might hit so you with her bricks. Down. I mean, her purse. Hey, those worthers at the bottom hurt. Them That's right. Purse swing around. That's the point I'm trying to make. We allow culture and the world to tell us what's right and wrong, and what all we right. need to do is read the B-I-B-L-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while we have whole theologies telling us to ignore half of our Bible. Exactly. We'll, we'll allow theology to tell us to ignore the entire front half of our Bible, but then we'll allow culture to infest our belief yeah. system and make us legalists out of See, tradition. And that's why I always tell people, when you're talking to somebody, take your Bible with you, if you especially if you're discussing God. You know what I'm saying? Because that way you can go in there. They can say something, but you're like, hold up, let me check this out. Make sure it lines up with what he says. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure what everything's got to line up with the Bible. If it doesn't line up, with the Bible's all false. Yeah. Right. Period. And, and I heard our pastor say it once, but since then I've heard multiple pastors say it, which I applaud. But like, don't believe them. No. Check it out. No, Check yeah. It. yeah. Don't believe the Check them. Here. Check it out. Right? Check tape. Yeah. Right? I mean, check. don't check tape, yeah. but that's yeah. an inside joke. But and that's, yeah, like, that's one thing that he that he says a lot, too, that I love. I didn't write it. It's right here. Look at it. Right. Look at it yourself. You know, he encourages everybody to bring their Bibles. And that's, that's just because he doesn't want nobody to kill the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. You know, I mean, but, but yeah. you know, it, you gotta, it's you got to look for yourself. you got to yep. read it for yourself. If it doesn't line up with God's Word, if it doesn't line up with what God actually means in that passage, it's false. Mm-hmm. Just disregard it. Right. Rather, what they say is, you know, whatever, you know, because they're going to believe what they want to believe, and chances are you're probably not going to change their mind. God's the only one that's going to change their mind. And, yeah. the, and you're probably, if you're following the Word of God, probably not going to be in the majority. Right. If, 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 if biblical history is presented to us is accurate to every generation— the minority, the remnants. Why it calls it a remnant are those who are truly following after the Most High and seeking to obey Him. Yes, the way that living the way that He tells us to live. Even other believers won't be in that camp, right? You know, f- f- you know, even maybe other friends, yes. believers that are friends might be. not be in that camp. Exactly. Frequently throughout Scripture, the ones that were calling upon the name of the Most High, the majority of them were not following Him the way nope. He told them to. It was always a, it was always a small remnant that actually pursued Him. From a sincere heart. Yeah. And there's no reason to believe that would be any different today. And you know, we better thank God that he allowed them remnants or we wouldn't be here today. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean, you know, like Carl said, and even today, he's he's leaving remnants along the way. Even when he returns, you know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, it's going to be finished. But still, when he comes back, there's still going to be a, some sort of a remnant. Yeah. Because... If I if I read it right, which this is just my opinion, check tape, check tape, right? <laughs> you know, um, there's going to be people left to actually, I think, to preach to the people. I agree. On, I agree. On I agree. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He's going to pick those ones. Actually, he's probably going to pick those remnants that is truly, wholly following him, and never going to be the ones that's going to stay here. And spread his spread his good news. I agree. When you align the reference to like the one hundred forty four thousand in Revelation, and you compare that with Ezekiel, or cross reference that to Ezekiel chapter eight and nine, which is probably talking about that same series of events. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems. To, it seems to be that there's a remnant of people that are specifically sealed yeah. to convince others. Mm-hmm. So even those ones that are left behind, he still loves them. 
Sure, he's yes. waiting for the very last moment. You know what I mean? He's giving them to the very last day before he seals their yeah. fate and giving them yeah. every opportunity to repent. But there's got to be somebody there to tell them the truth. And, yeah. and there's an urgency, just like we talked about this past last couple of days in Second Peter, right? When Peter uses the examples that he uses yeah. of urgency to be bold and don't follow, right? Like with Balaam and yeah. and Sodom and Gomorrah and, and Noah and Noah. I mean, like he all... uses he uses the examples that everybody else should already know. Mm-hmm. Just like they would know what happened just like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Like we know Humpty Dumpty story. Right. Again, what culture wants to teach teach you. And that's what people pick up on. Yeah. They want to be part of it. Yep. But they don't realize that's not the part they need to be a part of. Right. It's funny you used Humpty Dumpty. Because, you know, you can kinda you can kinda use Humpty Dumpty as your life because we always fall off the wall and we bust to pieces and then God comes and puts us back together again. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... Uh, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but some of us are more round and fall more often. Yeah, true story. That's me. <laughs> well, Should we make Humpty Dumpty me? like the mascot for the... <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I don't know, I just... It's been on my heart, uh, uh, like even two years ago when I s- spoke at about um, whatever it's called. What did I speak at? Baccalaureate. Uh, the baccalaureate. Yes, that that was my message to the graduating seniors mm-hmm. was to be different, not get used to different, but be different. Mm-hmm. Don't be stubborn and set in your ways, but be bold enough. To say no and put your no down because you can't do all the things. I don't know. It's just been on me the last couple weeks, months, whatever. Well, that urgency has been on all our hearts for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I honestly think it's finally bled into our pastor because he... uh, He's been preaching some pretty, uh, pretty good sermons about being repentant. Yeah, he says I mean, he doesn't listen, but sometimes I, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna tell you what he he kind of he kind of switched gears there, you know, mm-hmm. there about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been he's been on on it to try to get people to to turn. Well, you know, yeah, it's the spirits shaking people. Yeah, from the top to bottom because the enemy wanted us. Comfortable and complacent, oh, and borderline vilifying anyone who was saying this is urgent. You know, something's coming. This is urgent. We need to be more. We we need to be more bold. We we, we need to be more out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But too many too many pastors at the top were just preaching that comfortable message that kept the masses happy. Yeah. Right. And I think I think a lot of them are being shaken that that's not that's not they the was, way right now. They were scratching their itching ears, wasn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's raising it up. I want to bring it back to what Coffee Mike was talking about and the Coffee Mike again. Sorry. Yeah, well, the jokes are out there. Dinner. So. <laughs> but when you were saying you wanted to be in that float, in that parade, and yelling at people oh, to come with you, you, right? Yeah. I think of it. This is my analogy. So, if you didn't have this experience, for one, I'm sorry. But think about. When you were a kid, 
and it was Christmas Eve, and you woke up at five o'clock in the morning just to run. For me, it was downstairs, right? Like I slid down the stairs banister because I didn't want to waste time going one step at a time. Like that feeling itself is how we should be searching for people. Oh, absolutely. Helping people come to Christ. Like if if you have a better feeling than that one for me, then use that one. Mm. Right? Like it's just a formula. It's an excitement that we should yes. have all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. That's pretty cool. There's something I want to add to this. It's kind of on topic. I was telling Bob today, I was reading somewhere. Carl, by the way, has got me hooked on reading all these different books and things. But anyway, I don't remember where I read it, but it was here's the synopsis. It was, what are you feeding to your brain every single day? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Mm-hmm. What are you buying? Where are you going? Who are you with? Is all of it glorifying God? So we have got to learn to run that filter through. Okay, this may be entertaining. The world says, this is great. I love it, you know. But does that glorify God? Now, Mike's talked many times. If you can compartmentalize that sort of entertainment, that's fine. But for me right now, I need to be so focused that I need to stay in the Word and listening to, seeing things, being with people that I know are going to raise me up and hold me accountable and slap me in the head when I need it. And I think there's a lot of folks out in the world that don't even have somebody to do that for them. Right. Whether they're Christians or not. And that's our problem in our society. Mm-hmm. We are a society of loners. People don't get an opportunity to welcome the neighbor next door with a you know, plate of brownie. Nobody does that anymore. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I can go on forever on this. But <laughs> that's just something that was on my heart. And I wanted to get it out there. Coffee mic out. Sally <laughs> 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 Ron, you got anything to add, buddy? You've been... Silent. <laughs> Doing my thing. No, my. Absorbing, listening. Yeah. Okay. Plotting. Not plotting. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not plotting. Well, if you agreed with Mike there, I was going to end it right now. <laughs> we out. <laughs> I just still got a lot of stuff going through my head, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But with that, though. Anybody got anything else to add before we pull the needle off the record? Going once. Going twice. <laughs> Everybody at home. That was not Yeah, so it's not a Ron Indian right there. Final thoughts. Schmedium Mike. Oh, jeez. No, I don't think that's a good one. Oh, Jesus isn't a good mm, one. I know, I know. What, Bob? I say, uh, don't get used to the difference. Be the difference. Okay. That should be on a t-shirt, Bob. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Carl? Don't tell whoa, me you're whoa, stumped. Whoa, yeah, I know. Wait, like, wait. what? Do I hear crickets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We talked a lot about the difference between between 
what the difference between believers in the world should be. And I think what one of the things that should differentiate us is the chase for things. Right? We kind of talked about that. The world chases things to fill that God hole mm-hmm. we talked about. And we shouldn't be engaged in that chase because where that chase leads is this competitiveness. Where it's like this cutthroat mentality where it's, you know, I, I need to get this to compete with my neighbor to, to exceed what my neighbor has at any cost, right? Yeah. We should be, you know, horizontal relationship. I've talked about that before. And we should be one body working together for one another, building yes. each other up. You know, the, the foot shouldn't be tripping. The right foot shouldn't trip the left foot to spite the face. Right. We should be working together. When you had that competitive spirit, though, I told you a story, Ronnie, last week. We were at the soccer fields. And Grace, my oldest, my 13-year-old, she had two different games across the weekend. The one game she had was for her recreational league, right? And it was essentially just a scrimmage. They were barely even keeping score, right? They were, but they weren't. And because there, there was very minimal competitiveness involved with it, all the kids were happy, all the kids were laughing, all the parents were getting along. Even when the kids scored against each other, they were congratulating each other. You know, across yeah. the team, it was just they were, they were competing, but they weren't. They were working together to improve each other, right? The other game she had was in her, her storm league, her traveling competitive league, right? And they played this team that's kind of known for being a little dirty, realistically. And, you know, they didn't disappoint. They came right out, kicking, pushing, shoving, screaming like banshees, literally, literally. In a soccer game, like, like running at, the other, at our team, like screaming at the top of their lungs to, quote, scare them. It was just bizarre behavior. I've never seen anything like it. And this coming from coaches that had them praying before and after the game, right? Coach to be dirty, to win at any cost. Well, our girls push back because they get tired of it. And it literally devolved into a screaming match. Like between one of the coaches was my wife and this other guy towering over her. This guy praying with these kids comes over to get in my wife's face screaming in her face because one of our girls pushed back. You add that competitive element. And that's all it took to take people that were praying to God, claiming to be Christians, claiming to be leading these kids and, and, and raising these kids right and, and growing these children and directing them to be good adults. That's the example they were setting. And all it took was adding that competitive element. What I fear is we've, we've brought that competitive element into the churches, into the body, and rather than working together, we're competing with each other trying to exceed one another and screaming in each other's faces when we don't get our way. Mm-hmm. And we look just like the world when we do that. We don't offer the world anything that would say, hey, I want what they've got. We've got to do better. We've got to be one body working together. We've got to remove that competitive element. We've got to start working together. Correct. Now, do you have something, Schmedium Mike? Mm-hmm. Bob had said something that was going to let me into stop keeping up with the Joneses, try keeping up with Jesus. Well, I like that. That should be a shirt. <laughs> got two good, two yeah. solid shirt ideas. Yeah, Carl's, I still wouldn't, Carl's wouldn't fit on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it went on one of my old shirts. <laughs> we could do it as one of those eye tests. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can you read yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Ron, any final thoughts? That's a shake ahead. No. From no. <laughs> Mike, you got something, buddy? No. Not tonight, I don't. All right. I think for me, just to end it, 
it, don't be different just to be different, right? There's got to be a, a good, solid reason to be different. Because I'm the most probably stubbornest table person at this table, and I'll be different just to be different. Huh. But I thought we'd be on that for a Well, let me look in the mirror. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to prove a point that I'm not the bully. Yeah. But well, now, wait a minute. you are the bully. That's all different conversation. Yeah. But <laughs> if if you're standing up for God, for Jesus, for the kingdom, and you're being different, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, and don't be afraid to do so when you live in a world that makes you feel afraid to do so. Or feel bad to do so. Yeah. Or feel bad to do That's so. That's where the boldness comes in right there. Yeah. Let your freak flag fly. Huh? Or just <laughs> freaks. Is, yeah. You know? It's, it's kind of like that tell your face thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you're proclaiming shirts, the kingdom right? of God. Tell your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have your life project that. Right? Yeah. Not just your words. Follow us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. Comment, like, share, ask questions there if you'd like to. Um, if you want to go in long form with us and you have your own rescue stories that you'd like to share or questions for us, email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. And Mike's going to pray us out. Lord our God, we just humbly come to you. We thank you for every gift, every blessing that's in our lives. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be here and to be able to speak about your word and how it's transformed our lives and the things that we want to do with our lives. And we pray that they are in alignment with what you would have. If not, we pray, Lord, that you will correct us, no matter how easy or how hard that is for us that you will do it and you will correct us in the way that you would have us live. That we can go out and be the light and the salt of this earth and this broken world, Lord. And that we can just share our brokenness that may help one person. Because that's all that matters. Because you left the 99 to find the one, Lord. And we want that to be our mission, is to find the ones in the cracks, Lord. And we just love you and we honor you and we praise you in all that we do. And in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And just so you know, Ronnie took his hat off. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time. Welcome to Ministry. Catch you on the flip side.